Hello and welcome to Comic Book Herald's Creanitators. I'm Dave Busing, founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. Today you're listening to an interview where I'm going to be talking to Josh Hicks, writer, creator, artist behind Glorious Wrestling Alliance, a new graphic novel out now that you can check out uh, this month, October 2021, that I'm really excited about. So this is a fun work. We're going to talk about all things Glorious Wrestling Alliance, as well as Josh's comics career and beyond uh, for a little bit of background. Glorious Wrestling Alliance, it is a comedic work about a fictional, it would seem, maybe it's out there, we don't know for sure, uh, Wrestling Alliance, right? And they are kind of a, a low... Sort of a, I guess, low rent. It feels offensive to say, but like <laughs> definitely have some financial troubles. Um, and they're they're trying to figure out how to do kind of you know their own wrestling league. And it's very fun. It's a funny work. Uh, Josh, thanks for joining today. Um, what was what was the inspiration for the glorious glorious wrestling alliance? Like what uh what brought you into this work? Well, thanks for having me. First of all, it's lovely to be here. Um, yeah, I was. I've always been a, a big wrestling fan, and I kind of lapsed. Uh, as most people do, I think, in their teens, early teens. Um, but I always maintained a sort of relationship with wrestling video games and specifically like mm. weird uh, Japanese video games that weren't like properly translated and, and maybe had a bunch of like uh, knockoff characters based vaguely around real people for uh, legal purposes, had different names and, and weird like outfit changes mm-hmm. and stuff. And uh this was kind of my first, you know, I did the first chapter of, of what is in the book, um, maybe in 2016 or 2015 even. Uh, and it was kind of my first longer form thing. I'd done a lot of little short stories for anthologies here in the UK. And uh, for some reason, that sort of world of uh, potentially obscure wrestlers, you know, where you can't quite grasp their backstory, uh, seemed like a good vehicle for little backstage dramas and I, I would I would play those games and I'd kind of imagine, you know, it'd be fun to see what was going on in between the matches. What, what are these people's dynamics like? And that was uh, enough for me really to start uh, just fooling around with them and, and building some characters and seeing uh, how they got on together. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally works. I mean, yeah, I think, you know, the, I think the comedy is what a lot of people will take away from glorious wrestling Alliance, but there's also a lot of like, character exploration and you know we have great carp at the center of this this wrestler who literally has like a carp head like there's a there's a blending of realism and supernatural in this that i think is really fun um but this wrestler who is like very like you know is going through a lot of psychological uh difficulties and having a hard time with sort of their place in the world so like there's a lot of you know, wrestling for a very bad pun um, with, you know, who these people are and and what they're doing and why they're doing it that I think makes this more engaging than maybe what people would expect of just like, oh, some good wrestling gags. Um, it's funny that you talk about, you know, kind of your history with wrestling and falling off. I have kind of a similar relationship with it myself where it was like it was huge when I was in like elementary school so you know like sixth seventh grade like the rock that was like when the rock was at his peak you know still and you had uh you know big show and the undertaker and all these all these characters that were really compelling and fun um and I never dove all the way in but I've been fascinated to see as I've gotten more into comics like how much overlap in fandom there is between oh, yeah. comics and wrestling, you know, and just kind of the also the attention paid to, you know, these smaller 
non you know like main like mainstream kind of wrestling things right how you have all these different sort of lived experiences of people in podcasts that dig into like you know i guess amateur wrestling or maybe amateur isn't the right word but like you know kind of the the quote-unquote minor leagues of it um yeah as you've been working on this how much how much of the actual like wrestling world have you found yourself diving back into and has that been kind of like an enjoyable experience for you yeah kind of like both feet diving back in uh i guess when i first when i did that first chapter i was uh pretty wrestling adjacent where like i was you know like you've said yeah dropped off a little bit we, we must have grown up like vaguely the same time because everyone you mentioned were like mm-hmm. big mainstays in my childhood um but in doing the first book and then meeting up weirdly with uh, other cartoonists in Cardiff who kind of had not dropped away from wrestling, um, I did get back into it in kind of like a big way as I was doing that first book. And it kind of dovetailed with um, quite a few independent shows opening up around where I live, Cardiff in the, in the UK. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'd go, I'd go by those and it kind of, everything came together. So a lot of, anytime I wasn't in the house for like a long time, it was either because I was driving to see a wrestling show or driving to sell comics at a comic show. And I was just like my two outdoor activities for like a few years pre-pandemic. <laughs> gotcha, but, uh, gotcha, that makes sense. It was, it was a weird thing because it doesn't really, I mean, if anyone's read the book, there's there's a little bit of, obviously you need to know a little bit about wrestling to write the situation. I don't think you need to know anything about wrestling to actually read the book. There's nothing that would preclude no. anyone who, who knows nothing. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a lot more about the the visuals of these guys and kind of the world they were living in, which seemed like a good uh, hotbed for kind of turmoil. And then pairing that with maybe stuff that's a little bit autobiographical or, uh, and slightly realist about like the troubles they might be going through. So it felt like there was a good juxtaposition, but that's all stuff that you think about yeah. afterwards. Really, it was it was not that intellectualized when I started drawing uh, wrestlers who look like gravy boats. <laughs> right, right. No, that makes sense. So yeah, that's that's definitely one of the. So like, there is like a workplace drama vibe to this, and I th- those are the pieces of wrestling matches that I always found really fascinating you know when they'd cut behind the scenes and it'd be like mm-hmm. in some guy's office and they'd be fighting like they'd be fighting verbally there you know they'd be fighting emotionally yeah. <laughs> in those locations instead of in the ring um it, so you tap into that for sure which i think is very much a part of the wrestling experience uh, i really love the characters here and some of the naming like los bros hermanos which is hilarious <laughs> uh, joyce carol ouch i love what what's your favorite wrestling character or name that you came up with like what's the one that still just makes you laugh um i've been reading a book um it's the behind the scenes it's like an all history of saturday night live i can't remember the name of the book but i'm reading it now uh not physically now as we're talking but it's what i'm reading at the moment and (laughs) there's a bit that i came up to um yesterday where someone said the way they would always be able to judge if like an amateur was writing sketches was if like the characters in the sketch had a funny name and i was like ah because mm-hmm. <laughs> like i think my favorite name in there is uh <laughs> is managers called ed toilet and for some reason like a noun last name always always makes me laugh i think death <laughs> machine is pretty good as well because it's got no real relevance to who he is as a person other than he's he's 
visually quite brutal. Um, and I think that's a good name for a wrestler. If any wrestlers want Death Machine and they want to write kill on their heads and do poetry, I, I, I give it to them. Yeah, honestly, more forehead tattoos feels like a missed opportunity. <laughs> like, I feel like that's a, a pretty, a pretty cool. I just finished reading. It's funny. I just finished reading um, a Neil Stevenson novel. Uh, oh, geez, now I'm blanking on the light, the name. It's all about like sort of the um, oh Snow Crash, and it's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. proto like forerunners for you know cyberpunk and that sort of thing. And uh, one of the the main characters there, kind of the quote unquote villain of the story, has poor impulse control tattooed on their forehead and i was like that is <laughs> such a wrestler move <laughs> Need more it's a commitment um so cool <laughs> yeah right yeah you gotta wear it. you can't break character if, if you have the, the forehead <laughs> yeah, tattoo keeps you in right <laughs> um what uh you know so one of the things that i really enjoyed is I, I i enjoyed the the humor and sort of the character work in this what are what are your influences artistically in terms of character design you know for those people who are because this is your first major published work i think you know this this full-size graphic novel um what uh what kind of like stuff is is in your history what kind of influences are you pulling from i think in terms of character design stuff there's um i always liked uh sort of early dragon ball stuff toriyama dragon ball where yeah. like they'd just be almost for no reason they'd be like elephants serving beer behind the bar and stuff <laughs> like there's no it's never mentioned but like yeah, just yeah, some wild like peripheral character design stuff, and those big bold shapes. So I'm sure that sort of came into it a little bit. There's a uh, there's a manga called Kanikuman, and it was uh, adapted into an anime, and I think that got translated here as like Ultimate Muscle, which I've never seen. Mm. Um, but they made a bunch of toys based off those that anime that came to the states and the UK in, in like the eighties, like muscle figures. You've probably seen them at some point. They're like little tiny, like pink men and um, mm. very bold shapes. And they're all wrestlers. Uh, and that kind must've bled in somewhere. And I also, I did always sure. have in mind this, this video game thing um, because that was so much of like where I was interacting with wrestling. So you can see it early on in like that isometric, um, there's an isometric spread where you can see the entirety of like the backstage and everyone's like labeled up and stuff. And uh, I think yeah. that was like a, a thing that sort of dictated the designs throughout the book was like, I want designs that, you, that can read at that distance, you know? So like big, big heads, big bodies, colorful shapes, although they weren't in color at that point. Um, but that, that kind of uh, a little miniature world that you could, you could look at that kind of was the overriding design impetus well it is really useful i think to have that distinctive design for wrestlers too because so often it can it can sort of just feel like oh two big muscly guys right and it can they can kind of feel replaceable whereas when one of them has the literal body shape of a gravy boat and <laughs> you know one has a cup for a head and like there's there's such a distinctive build to all these characters where like it's you're rarely lost <laughs> in who it's they are I think that's a and, good thing. and it's the curse at the same time mm -hmm. i like the i like the video game influence here as well where you have sort of like you know like mood statistics so like it's it's less you know kind of the the wrestling like oh strength 10 you know sort of their power stats but it's more like an emotional read on where they are um, in the story is that I, you know, I, I gathered from your history here that that's from playing the video games. Um, but I did like that stylistic tick. Uh, was there anything else that you 
like where the video games like really influenced kind of the the style and the story of this yeah i it's it's a weird one because like there's no real reason why this should be video game esque elements in the book it's not something like uh you know a scott pilgrim book where video games are key to the plot or anything so where i was coming from mm-hmm. i think when that stuff was coming in was that they just seemed like because i was new to comics as well so i I had my comics techniques that I could like, figure out how to do. But it just seemed like, in terms of visual storytelling, there's loads of ways in stuff like video games that you can get a lot of information about characters that is just like not being utilized uh, in any other medium, you know? So those mood bars, while they are video game little tick, um, there's no reason why they have to be like uh, they're really useful. You, there's no, <laughs> there's a really great way to like gauge where everyone is, you know, in really quick visual mm-hmm. sense. And these are short, but it, like I did one chapter a year for a few years, and they were 24 pages each. And like quite a bit happens in those 24 pages. Quite a lot of bickering, you know. So it's great to have like yeah. shorthand and ways to like dump information in there in a way that feels a bit more elegant than like a, a bunch of uh, exposition which I probably do as well. Sure, sure. No, so as you're, so you've been building this over over a course of time, putting this work together yes. and, and building an audience. Um, what uh, what were some of the hardest things for you, like putting this, this full story together and, you know, kind of what we're looking back on it, like what are the things you wish you knew earlier? Well, I did do a degree of like George Lucas-esque redrawing over my own work. Um, which I think is mm-hmm. just it's like a it's a no no, but you can't you can't put it out <laughs> if you if you're taking you five years <laughs> to do it. There's no way you're gonna look at the first pages, um, and because of the way it's done as well, like literally the first pages of the book are gonna be the oldest pages I ever drew. So there's no way yeah. you're just like it's not worth it. It's not worth my dignity to not redraw this. Like I should redraw some of these panels. So there's an element <laughs> of just like craft uh, that it just comes with time but um when every time i did one i didn't really until it got to like the third chapter maybe i had no real idea of like collecting it as one story so yeah. there was a degree of like admin i had to do at the end to try and get it all to tie up vaguely in a way that like felt like one piece and um maybe if i was to do it again i'd kind of think about seeding an ending earlier uh but I think that, you know, there's a vibe to the book that might you might not get if that was the case, you know, if I wrote it out ahead of time. And the way it is now, yeah. it feels a little bit to me like um, I can kind of see what I was doing in my life every year that a, a chapter came out, essentially. It, it does feel sure. like a snapshot sure. of what I was doing at that point. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, I, think, it, I think it functions well as is. I mean, I think the because it's because it's so much focus on these characters and these comedic situations in this wrestling alliance um there doesn't at least in my read it didn't necessarily need to have a ton of momentum to like a certain endpoint or a particular endpoint you know I, I think it's kind of an organic natural conclusion that like something big is going to happen I, th- I think it builds in a way that does make sense um but it's not necessarily like from page one, I'm like, oh, where's this going? It's more just like, yeah. oh, I want to hang out with these characters. I, and I think that's effective. Um, how, so, you know, you've been working on this over a course of time, a chapter a year. Um, how, how'd you get to publication? Like, what was the journey like getting 
you know, a publisher on board with, with putting this all together as one complete package. Yeah. Well, what I did was I would, I would do, do one and then I would print it off. Usually it's like a little, uh, racer printed mini comic. And then that's what I would take to shows that year. Um, and then after I got to about three, uh, I, some guys in Poland, like a publisher called Bazgrol in Poland, wanted to do like a Polish translation of it. So, uh, they did that and I went over there and that was really cool. And then I thought, you know, I could probably like kickstart a full collection and do like a final chapter in this book. So I did that. And as I was doing that, um, Lerner got in touch and they'd see, uh, my editor at Lerner, Greg Hunter had seen the book somehow and, uh, asked me to send him some, some copies. Uh, or he bought it, you know, <laughs> which was good of him. At least, at the yeah. very least, he paid for the copies, uh, so that was great. <laughs> and then, yeah, they they liked it and they wanted to um, to pick it up. But I was already in the middle of this Kickstarter thing, but uh, it was not in color when I first did the books, so that was mm. kind of it gave me a big gap. The Kickstarter edition came out here in the UK, a very small run, you know, just people who wanted it at that point um, in in single color. And then it took me like a year yeah. to finalize the deal and then um, and color it all up. And then it takes like another year for it to actually come out. So it's been a long time coming, but I'm very happy with where it is at the moment. You know, it does feel like a proper, this, it wasn't designed for color, but now that I've colored it up, it does feel like this is the, the way it should have always been. Yeah, that's funny. Having, having come to it as the completed thing, it's hard to picture without the color. Um, mm. but I, I suppose that's true for, for anything, you know, you, whatever version you come to first feels like the true version, even if that's not <laughs> what other people's experience was. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's a really fun read. Like I really enjoyed going through this. Um, you know, I, I was joking about this with my wife, but like, I'm always, uh, nervous. Like when I agree to, to talk to someone like a creator, um, without having read the work first, um, I'm like, what if, you know, what if I don't like it? <laughs> like, then I don't have anything to say, but I did not have that problem. You'll be pleased to know oh, with glad. Glorious Wrestling Alliance. Uh, it is, yeah, <laughs> it's a very fun read and I do recommend, uh, people check it out here as they can. We'll include links in the show notes, of course. Now, Josh, I did also want to ask you a little bit. So like you work in animation as well. Um, how does, how does animation compare to comics or kind of what are the, what are the things there that you sort of brought into your storytelling for Glorious Wrestling Alliance that were were beneficial? And then also, like, what's kind of different? Yeah, I'm not really... The way I worked in animation, I still work in animation, um, it was not broadcast stuff. So I wasn't... It was not... I was not working on, like, cartoons that would go on TV and whatnot. I did some music videos, yeah. and I do uh, little shorts. So... Uh, and, and they were mainly CGI, so in terms of like uh, truly transferable skills, there wasn't as much as you'd think in terms of like the way I draw characters and stuff. Um, sure. I was constantly storyboarding. And I think there's a sense of like pace on the screen that uh, might help in doing comics. You know, there's kind of, uh, there's a lot of dialogue and you, you might be like dead in the water if that dialogue doesn't flow as well as it should, you know? So I think there's an element of yeah. that that I was able to bring over. I also think like animation is like a big a team you have to deal with and stuff. Um, whereas comics, you can very easily just be sat on your own for a long time, uh, not having to really talk to anyone. And so when it comes to like the business end of comics, like uh, 
figuring out your schedule, how long things are going to take you, you know, like uh, signing contracts and whatnot. I was slightly more prepared because I was in a kind of like a creative environment with the animation, but also it was it was a job. So I I, I yeah. had a slightly better idea of like navigating those two things, which is kind of what the book is about a little bit. Like they have this thing they love to do for the most part, and also they have to figure out how to navigate that um, being the way they make money, which is not easy always. Right. Right. No, that makes sense. Uh, you know, you mentioned music videos. One of the things you did was a, a music video for the Foo Fighters, which is a band a lot of people are going to know here. Um, what was that experience like? <laughs> what, what did you learn <laughs> making a, a music video for the Foo Fighters? It was wild. Um, I never met the Foo Fighters or spoke to anyone. Yeah. I spoke to their manager. It was great. Kristen. Um, yeah, it was just, a, it was kind of like, uh, we'd, done a, we'd done a music video before that with um, the company I worked at, Bumper Studio. Um, for Tyler Childers, um, directed by Tony Moore, the the Walking Dead, the co-creator of the Walking mm, Dead and yeah. Fear Agent, and uh, he was great. Uh, he storyboarded and directed the whole thing, and then we uh, we kind of just like executed what he wanted essentially, and, and that one turned out really great. And then just got like a random email saying the Foo Fighters need some videos. <laughs> so like, can you do these videos? <laughs> so yeah, it was like, okay, we'll just do do what we can. It's very exciting. Um, but the one came out over Christmas, or we had to do it over Christmas, and it was in like the midst of like not knowing about COVID and stuff. So I think there yeah. was a, it was a jump in a lot of artists like needing animated videos for a little bit because they were unable to go film them themselves. Uh, uh, so we did, yeah. we did one over Christmas, uh, and I didn't really have a lot of Christmas that year. <laughs> like I had maybe Christmas Day, and then I was I was kind of like flat out Foo Fightering for a while. And then after that, we did one, um, <laughs> which I've heard him say that this is one of his favorite videos for a, a long time, which is very nice to hear uh, for a, a, a song called Chasing Birds, which was kind of like a CGI uh, yellow submarine type thing. It's kind of like a psychedelic song. right? And we had a bit more like... Uh, freedom to we we didn't have a lot of time with the first one we did it was over christmas and there was a really tight turnaround but this one we kind of um we brought a lot to it i think and uh really happy with how that one went yeah it's yeah, also cool. no, I reckon people check it's it out. like oh sorry <laughs> it's talked over you um it's just weird doing stuff like that because you know like uh if you just go on youtube it's nothing to do with me, really. Or it's it's because it's got Foo Fighters written in it. But like, if you if you like look at how many people have ever seen one of those videos, you're just like astounded because you're like, oh yeah. There's no no. Car- this took me three months, and the comic took me four years, and there's no way that <laughs> every like a percentage of these people would ever would ever see the comic stuff. But it's cool. Yeah. It's weird to see. It's just like an insight into a whole new world because I don't know anything about music or anything. So it was uh, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. No, it's well. I, I, people check out your website. Um, they can they can find the link to that, or of course, you know, obviously, just yeah, go to YouTube. Uh, so there's also um this thing you're involved with, a Carp Publishing Endeavor, uh, which you know you kind of have a, a handful of yourself and and some artists. So what what can you tell us about that? Like, what's your involvement with kind of like this little like publishing house you have going? Yeah, that's um that sort of stemmed from the the Kickstarter edition of the book. Um. So I, I, there's a spoilers for the actual comic, but like, there's a wrestler who is who creates poetry, and he 
ultimately gets a publishing deal through another it's like a little side joke but one of the other wrestlers publishes his book and the logo on the book is um car publishing endeavors that's like his print house so when i did the kickstarter version of the book i i just wrote that on the side of the book so that'd be funny that like the comic you were reading was published by a character in the comic um yeah and then i realized i'd made a fake company essentially so i could just there's no reason why i couldn't just publish other people's books <laughs> so i got uh, a friend joe and morris <laughs> who's a cartoonist uh he did a book called big all which is like a um five issue fake behind the scenes documentary about like a, a show that's very similar to the 60s doctor who uh that was kind of lost to time and that's very silly and stupid mm. it's kind of like a, a mix between like a documentary and uh like a Zucker Brothers movie, like an airplane or something, is very silly, but it's great. And yeah. also, um, Lucas Kowalczyk was a great Polish cartoonist. I put a book out by him called Only Wrestling is Real. And uh, yeah, it's kind of informally, it's like a publishing company, but essentially, it's like if I've got friends who are doing comics and they want someone to put their books out, I will, will probably do it. Uh, so I'm not really like accepting submissions or look, scouting people, you know, but I'm very happy to like put books out if people want to put books out and just stock them in my house, send them out and uh, take them to shops. Like I always enjoyed that level of self-publishing. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously if when you're dealing with bigger books, like physically bigger books, you know, um, the print costs are, are, are higher and it's exciting to have a publisher work with you as well and have them take care of a bunch of stuff that you never be able to do on your own. So that stuff's great, but it's also cool to just, print off a real small run and just go to the post office and send them to people who want them, you know? So it's cool to be able to still do that through that. Yeah. Yeah. It's always exciting too. I think as, as a fan and as a reader to like being on the ground floor of a book like that, you know, that's definitely, you know, obviously with COVID it's been, it's been a challenge, but like going to cons, you know, one of the thrills for me was like talking to artists that I don't know and being like, Oh, you have like a small zine or a small, you know, self-published kind of comic, like that's, it's the sort of thing where like, I wouldn't find that somewhere else. So the, and then if it, if you hit the one that are the few that are like, Oh, this is really good. Like there's that mm. moment, you know, as a fan of like, Oh, I'm got like ride or die for this thing. Cause I feel like I'm one of one of few, you know, I feel like I'm one of the special class of people who know about this thing. Um, so you, you kind of get that excitement yeah. going as well. So yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I used to, um... so. I used to spend so much money that I, any money I would make, which was not very much money, at a show selling the mini comics, immediately it would just be gone because I would just walk around and buy any any zine. <laughs> like I would like they'd see me go and then I come back to the table <laughs> with no money. Um, so yeah, it's, it'd be cool to we haven't since I've done that. The opportunities for going to shows obviously has become less and less. So I haven't been able to really take any of these books out on the road. But I'm excited to yeah. be able to um, actually like front a shop again and 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 get these Yoan and Lucas's books out there. That'd be exciting. Yeah, I got to check out that that Doctor Who riff. That sounds up my alley. That sounds like it could be really. Fun. Oh great! I'll send you some um, PDF. I'll... <laughs> I'd love that. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Uh, so what's what's next for you? Like, so you got Glorious Wrestling Alliance out now. Um, do you have other comics work you're considering? Do you want to? Do you want to stay in the world of of the GWA and do more stories there? Like, what do you what do you think's next? I've got a few things I'm doing. Um, I'm doing another book with Lerner and Graphic Universe, which I've just finished like the first draft of the script uh, on. So that one's going to be kind of like a long time coming. Um, it's going to be cool. called Hotel at All, 
and it's like a sci-fi giant robot uh, adventure. So there's a lot less sort of conversational and less like a hangout thing than the GWA book. But uh, I'm excited to try my hand at that. And that's about a giant robot. There's also a hotel that gets lost in space. And the residents and the guests of the hotel have to try and figure out how to get back home while figuring out how to live together in this giant robot. So it's kind of like Lord of the Flies and uh, Giant Robo combined. Plus, uh, I guess it's kind of like a workplace comedy because it's in a hotel. So I'm very excited about doing that and to actually get started to draw on that. Um, I'm doing a few little bits and pieces in animation. I don't really know the status of those yet, but they're exciting. Like I'm I'm, uh, hopefully directing a little short that Johan of Big All, who I mentioned earlier, um, is going to write and do like the concept drawings for, which I'm excited about potentially doing. Um, And I would like to do more GWA stuff. I just don't know... uh, I mean, I will do more GWA stuff somehow, but I'm not sure like what form that'll take yet. Like, if I'll just do, yeah. if I find some time next year, maybe I can do like a do a 24 page comic or something and and uh, get it out. Or if it'll be another, you know, it'll just go straight to a big book. I'm not sure yet, but I definitely I'm always thinking about stuff for them to do. Uh, I mean, I've been selling this book, uh, trying to like, well, I sold the literally sold the other book, the Kickstarter edition, and I've been, you know. Uh, telling people that this book is coming out for a while. So I've definitely got some good stuff for like Death Machine uh, selling his poetry book for the next <laughs> for the next uh, set of stories. And uh, I kind of always yeah. where maybe in the past I might have thought of like autobio stuff whenever anything happens to me. Immediately I just think like how could this situation happen to a wrestler, this one of these wrestlers. So there's a lot of stuff mm. that I could do with them which I really want to do. I just need to sit down and figure out the best way to do it. Sure, sure. Makes sense. Oh, cool. and there's another... Well, I look forward I to forgot. all that. I got one more. There's a card game as well yeah. coming out. Uh, a GWA card game uh, being made by a company in Wales called Tinkerbot Games. And it'll be like a little uh, wrestling game with cards. And it's really, really fun. So hopefully that comes out soon. Uh, I'm doing the art for that as well at the moment. So How did that be, come uh, about? It's just one of those things where uh, it just seems like a stupid thing to exist. So it was always a dream. Like I, I really wanted action figures to exist for ages. So like I learned, yeah. I learned how to make action figures, and it was a disaster. But they, I got some action figures out of it. They were they were cool. <laughs> it was so hard to do. And then I really, thought, I played a lot of card games and stuff. And I was really like, it would be great if there was a GWA card game. And then I just knew there was a a card game manufacturer in, in Wales here. And I, I pitched it to them, and they were like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then we actually worked on, like, the, the rules and stuff together. And uh, to my surprise, it came out really good. So I'm very excited to get people to play that. That's fun. That's really cool. Yeah, I love that, like, kind of a tie-in of that universe that that extends it. That's that's awesome. Will that be, like, will you kickstart that? Is that going to be on your website? Like, what's the plan there? It'll be kickstarted, I think, um, early yeah. to mid next year. Um it's kind of just a thing I like to do, like uh, will an object into the world that no one has asked you to do. <laughs> like there's no there's no uh, <laughs> evidence that there's a desire for this to exist. It's uh, sort of me wanting it to exist. But um, yes, anyone who likes the comics and has sort of any tolerance for like a board game or a card game, I'm sure they will get um, 
quite a bit out of it. It's it's going to be good. Fun, fun. All right. Uh, so you mentioned earlier, you mentioned uh, the the SNL book, the oral history. Um, is there any other like recommended reading, comics or otherwise, that uh, that you've been doing that you think people should check out? Oh, um, well, I've been reading the SNL book, and I've been gently rewatching um, Larry Sanders, the Larry Sanders Show. Which, mm, I need to do that. Seen, I, it's on my on my to do. Yeah. Have you never seen it? No, I just like clips here and there, but I it's been on my bucket list for a long time. Oh, it's great. Um, for, sorry, I might have clicked something on. Um, yeah, it's great. Very, uh, very funny. And there's a lot of like GWA uh, stuff in there. Mm. Where um, that kind of that, uh, I don't think I did thought about it uh, consciously, but um, there's a lot of like parallels. So I obviously accidentally gleaned something from there. It's so good. Sure. Um, comics wise, what have I been reading? I read Moms. A Korean comic, which was very, very good. Yeah, I would recommend that. Um, I bang on about it all the time, but I've been reading the Drifting Classroom uh, manga by Kazuo Umez. Um, sort of as like inspiration for my hotel at all giant robot thing because it's about, about a lot of school children who are like trapped in this nuclear wasteland, um, and it's hellish. But I would, I would highly recommend that. It's very, very good. Yeah. Um, cool. What else? And I've been reading um, number five by Tayo Matsumoto that just came out from Viz. I'm reading that at the moment too. Mm-hmm. All highly recommended. Great, great, good picks. Uh, where where should people find you? Where where is the best place to find your work? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at uh, at a Josh Hicks all one word and i've got a website that is like an infrequently updated but has a lot of links and stuff on it at uh, joshhicks.co.uk and you can get to carp publishing endeavors as well at uh cp books cpe books on uh, twitter and instagram and cpebooks.co.uk Perfect. Perfect. All right, cool. Josh, this was a pleasure. I enjoyed talking to you. I enjoyed reading Glorious Wrestling Alliance. We'll include links here in the show notes for people who are so inclined. But yeah, this was awesome. Um, For everybody listening, I'm Dave. You can find my stuff at comicbookherald.com, at comicbookherald on social. And uh, if you're listening here, definitely don't forget to subscribe to the Best Comics Ever podcast on your player of choice so you can get all of these interviews going forward. I've got a really exciting October lined up. You know, it's funny. I was on... I was on paternity leave, Josh, and, and we scheduled this forever ago. And this was like the one yeah. interview I had scheduled for October. I was like, you know, because I just, we scheduled it so far in advance. Um, but then I came back and in September, I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll send out a boatload of emails, see who, see who wants to do it, see who's available. And like everyone is saying yes, which is a great problem <laughs> to have, but it's also like, like scheduling wise, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't know how to do this many interviews. So, uh, so it'll be fun. It'll be a fun October, but this one, uh, this one should kick it off and it's, uh, it was fun. So thanks so much, Josh.